you have your Bibles tonight, I want to encourage you to turn with me to the book of Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1 in the Word of God. And I want to share a wonderful truth with you from the Word of God that hopefully be an encouragement to your heart tonight. And uh, I want you to know that the Bible contains something that uh, I think will be an encouragement to many. And I believe that this passage is something that all of us need to take perspective on tonight. Beginning in verse number 1, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, to the saints which are at Ephesus, and to the faithful in Christ Jesus, grace be to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, according as He hath chosen us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to Himself, according to the good pleasure of His will, to the praise of the glory of His grace, wherein He hath made us accepted in the Beloved, in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of His grace, wherein He hath abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known unto us the mystery of His will, according to His good pleasure, which He hath purposed in Himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times He might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in Him, in whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of Him, who worketh all things after the counsel of His own will, that we should be to the praise of His glory, who first trusted in Christ. Father God, tonight open the eyes of our spiritual understanding. By Thy Holy Spirit, illumine our minds to this truth. Grow us up in Thee, and Lord, I pray that we might be determined to walk more holy with Thee, and may You draw us closer to the center of Your will for our lives. For this we pray in the lovely name of Jesus. Amen. As Christians who treasure life, we often hear about adoption as an alternative to abortion, as well that it is. I have friends who have adopted children who were unable to have them, and they were happy to be involved in helping to save the lives of unwanted children from unplanned pregnancies. I want you to know there's no such thing as an unplanned pregnancy in the economy of God. Because God opens and closes the will according to His sovereign plan, and He never makes a mistake, and there's never a whoops moment with God it's always something that He planned of before the foundation of the world. And in our purview, we often see adoption as a rescue from death, perhaps at the hands of an abortionist. 
And yet, there is an adoption in the Word of God that involves a rescue, but it is more wonderful in its nature. It is a spiritual adoption that the Lord has ordained for all those that will receive His offer of grace. Adoption transcends mercy and embodies grace, and it is something that is entirely undeserved. And I believe that what we need to recognize tonight is all of those who are children of God by faith have indeed been born into the family by blood and by birth, but as well we have been adopted into the family of God as an act of God's own will for His children. We're going to take some time to just ferret out the truth of what that means for each and every one of us. I want to give you some thoughts concerning this adoption that you and I have received if we have trusted Christ as our personal Savior. I want you to know that our adoption is planned. It is a pre-planned adoption. The Bible says in verse number 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, according as He hath chosen us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love, having predestinated us under the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to Himself according to the good pleasure of His will. So we notice here tonight that the Heavenly Father planned our adoption in advance. It wasn't that we were born to some mother that chose not to keep us, and so the Lord rescued us that way. No, the Lord planned it. And I, I, I want you to understand that before He formed you, He knew you. And before the foundation of the world, He saw everything that you would be. And all the things that you would ever think, say, or do. He knew from before the foundation of the world. And He chose to take you to Himself before the world began. And our being included in the family of God was not an afterthought in heaven. It wasn't something that that God said, whoops, what are we going to do with these folks that are down here? Uh, they need something or someone. No, God said, I've chosen them. And the Bible says that He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world. One of my favorite uh, men to fellowship with through the years was Brother Hilmer Holmes. I speak of him often. And uh, I can remember uh, talking to Brother Hilmer about uh, what God did before He formed all that was. And uh, that was a, a question that we wrestled around with. Uh, what did the Lord do before He made man? Before He formed the world and the skies and the seas and all that is? And uh, we, we searched the Scriptures and we came up with the answer that what God did before He made all that is, is this. He chose you. He chose me. He chose us from before the foundation of the world, and He predestinated us. That means that, look, He determined long before this world was formed, according to the pleasure of His own will, 
that we would be adopted and receive the adoption of children by Christ Jesus. And so, you and I were chosen by a loving Father. Now, next Sunday is Father's Day. And I have learned that Father's Day and Mother's Day tend to run the spectrum of emotions for different ones. There are some who love it, and there are some who loathe it. There are those that had a wonderful relationship with uh, mom or dad, and there are others that did not have such a good relationship. There are some who struggle because mama is in heaven or daddy is in heaven, and they wish that they were here. Some never really even knew their dad. We have many that have attended our Sunday school and ride our buses on, to church that really have never had a relationship with a dad. And so the whole idea of a father that chooses them, who knows everything about them, all of the, of the good, the bad, and the ugly, and yet still says, I love you and I choose you. One of the things as a pastor that I enjoy doing from time to time is doing a vow renewal for people who have been joined in marriage and have been together for some time and perhaps are celebrating a milestone in the relationship and they have decided that uh, they want to renew their wedding vows. And what they're saying by that is this, that if I had it to do all over again, knowing what I know now, I would still choose you. I think that's a special thing for folks to say. And you know what? God knew everything from before the foundation of the world. And yet He said, I love you. I choose you to be adopted into my family. Now, I want you to see that not only is our adoption planned, but our adoption is to a position. It's not just that we happen to be the stepchildren of the Lord. That uh, the Lord went down to the orphanage and said, okay, I'll, I'll pick you and you and I'll take you and you. You look kind of lonely, and so I'll take you in. No, the Lord adopted us to a position. And listen, the, the child of God is made a child by the new birth. Of course, we know that Jesus told Nicodemus in John chapter 3 that uh, you must be born again. He said, marvel not that I said unto thee, ye must be born again, born of water and of the Spirit. And, and those two things being uh, not what many have ascribed to that, meaning water baptism and uh, some sort of a uh, uh, spiritual uh, second work of grace. But really what it is, is being born of water and of the Spirit. Water being the Word, because faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. And water is equated to the Word, wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed thereto according to thy Word. The Bible says in Ephesians 5, Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also hath loved the church and gave Himself forth, that He might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of the water of the Word. Jesus is the living Word. And He's also the living water. And in John chapter 4, when He spoke to the woman at the well, He said, if you would have asked of Me, I would have given you living water. And of course, He would have given Himself or her so that she would never thirst again. 
But we must be born of water and of the Spirit, and that means born of the Word and of the regenerative work of the Holy Spirit spoken of in Colossians 3.5, where there it says, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to His mercy He saved us by the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Ghost. And so the quickening agent, the Holy Spirit of God, has a role in our new birth, and thereby we are made the very children of God. So we are His by blood and by birth because of the blood of Jesus Christ. We have been uh, made the children of God by an exercise of faith, being born of water and of the Spirit. And what we have been adopted to is this. He has predestinated us, according to verse 5, under the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to Himself according to the good pleasure of His will. And what this tells us is this, that the child of God is given the rights and privileges of sonship at adoption. Now, this adopted child is entitled to a position with authority. The Bible says in John chapter 1 and verse 11, um, He came unto His own, and His own received Him not. Verse 12 says, But as many as received Him, to them gave He power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on His name. Now the word power in the Word of God means this. In, one, in some places it means might or ability. That's not what it means in John 1.12. To them gave He power. It doesn't mean He gave you the might to work your way into heaven. The ability to work your way into heaven. There, the meaning of the word power is authority. And so, we are children of God with authority. The adopted child is entitled to a position with authority. And that position is one that is given all the rights and the privileges of sonship at the time of adoption. In the Hebrew culture, a young man was adopted into the family when he became of age. At that moment in time, he became a full adult heir of all the family holdings, and he had all the rights of sonship to transact business with authority in the name of the family. And you and I have been given all of the rights and the privileges of sonship, being children of God by faith, and we have been given that with the signet of heaven, with the authority of God. So we have been adopted, and it wasn't a mistake, and the Lord rescued us from an unplanned pregnancy. No. Our adoption is planned. It was planned before the foundation of the world. And our adoption is to a position, a position with authority, given all the rights and privileges pertaining thereto as a child of the living God. We notice not only this, but we see that our adoption is with promise. It's to a position, but it's with promise. For the Bible tells us in verse number 6, to the praise of the glory of His grace, wherein He hath made us accepted in the Beloved, in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of His grace, wherein He hath abounded toward us in all wisdom 
and prudence, having made known unto us the mystery of His will, according to the good pleasure which He hath purposed in Himself. Now let me say this to you. The promise made to the adopted child is this, that they will never be disowned or disinherited. They can never be disowned or disinherited. When I first came to Freeway Baptist Church about 17 and a half years ago, um, the chairman of the deacons was a man named George Timms. Brother George Timms was a godly man who was a missionary to the prisons and jails of, uh, of this part of Arizona every week. He held Bible studies uh, at uh, different prisons and jails. I had the opportunity on a number of occasions to accompany him as he did his ministry. Twice I went with him uh, to death row out in Florence State Prison. And uh, it was an interesting thing. But uh, we had some wonderful conversations and times of fellowship as we would drive out to the prison and do cell-to-cell ministry on, on death row. And, and uh, he shared with me that he had adopted sons uh, when he was living in California before he moved to Arizona. And a part of the adoption was him understanding the rules governing adoption for the state of California. I've later learned that they are the same rules in nearly every state in the Union concerning the subject of adoption. And they are patterned really after what the Bible teaches about the subject of adoption because they come from the Hebrew tradition, and that is that when a child was adopted into the family, it was bringing them in as a full adult heir with all the rights and privileges pertaining thereto, and that they were a child with authority, but it was also this. It came with the promise that was made to that adopted child that they would never be disowned or disinherited. They could never be disowned or disinherited. You know, the Bible reveals to us that the Lord has promised to never leave us or forsake us. We understand that when He saved us, He gave us eternal life. I like that verse in John 10 that says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me, and I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man be able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. My Father which gave them me is greater than all, and no man shall be able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. My Father and I are one. So I have been placed in the very hand of God, and I will never be out of His grasp. I will never perish. I like that verse in John chapter 6 that says, All that the Father giveth to me shall come to me, and him that cometh unto me I will in no wise cast out. That's a promise that God made that once we have been made a child with His by blood and by birth and adopted into the family with authority that we have the promise of God that we will never be disowned and that we will never be disinherited. You know, uh, in some states, uh, a, a child, natural born child can be disowned or disinherited but never an adopted child. 
And I have you, I'll have you know that we are the natural born children of God, but we are also the adopted children of God. So, so we have all the benefits of all that the Father can offer. And the promise that He made to us is a promise that He intends to keep forever. For the Bible tells us that we have received His acceptance and we have received His forgiveness according to the good pleasure of His will, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times He might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in Him. That's going to be our our first great big family reunion. When all of the children of God are gathered together in the fullness of times. And you know what? God has given us the promise that if you've trusted Him and been adopted into the family of God, you're going to be invited to the family reunion. And that's something that you can take to the bank, will be eternally true. He said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. He which hath begun a good work in you, will perform it under the day of Jesus Christ, Philippians 1.6. We know that He will never give up on one of His kids. Now, I've talked to parents who have just reached the end of the rope with kids that were rebellious and kids that were uh, determined to, to go their own way and they just threw up their arms not knowing what to do. But I'm so glad that I am in the grip of grace and I have a heavy, heavenly Father that will never let me go. How about you? For those of you that have never had a good relationship with a father. Perhaps uh, he just never had any time for you. Perhaps uh, he was angry at you all of the time. Maybe uh, he was always working and never home. Or, or maybe he just one day walked out the door and never came back. And Father's Day is just another day on the calendar for you. I wonder if you would just make Father's Day a special day again next week and rejoice in knowing that you have a Father in heaven that loves you more than any earthly father ever could. And according to Romans chapter 8, He wants you to come running into His arms and put your head upon His chest and cry, Abba, Father, and enter into a level of intimate relationship with Him, one of love and trust, whereby that you know here's a Father that knows everything about you. And He wraps you in His loving arms and says, I'll love you forever. I chose you before the foundation of the world, and we will enjoy the joys and glories of heaven together forever. What a wonderful truth that we are adopted with promise, the promise that He will indeed fulfill forever. I want you to understand that not only is our adoption planned, and not only is our adoption to a position with authority and privileges and rights, and our adoption is, is with a promise that God has made, but our adoption is with pleasure. It's with pleasure. It wasn't something that was foisted on God that He had to do because He just saw you wandering around the street and nobody else would take you. Uh, and so He kind of took you in, kind of like you would maybe bring in a stray dog. No, that's not it. For the Bible tells us clearly that um, it is in verse 5, according to the good pleasure of His will. Wherein He hath, in verse 6, made us accepted in the Beloved. And the Bible tells us uh, that 
in verse 9, having made known unto us the mystery of His will according to His good pleasure. You see, God chose it and it pleased Him to make you His child. It pleased God to have you as His son or daughter. And I want you to know that it pleases Him to have you and to show you His kindness and love. To be the Father to you that you need and that you yearn to have in your life. Who watches over you. Who provides for you. Who protects you. Who gives you promises. And that you can trust. And I would simply say to you that it pleased God when you were born into His family. It pleased God at that moment to make you a full adult heir with all the rights and privileges pertaining to the sonship of heaven. And it pleased God to give you the promise that I'll never leave thee nor forsake thee. I'll never disown you and I'll never disinherit you. God is pleased to have you as His child. I talk to people all the time that had difficult upbringings. In fact, uh, uh, many times I've talked to folks who have attended our church who uh, were raised hearing things like, you'll never amount to anything. Hearing things like, can't you ever do anything right? You know what, listen, get out of here. I, if, if I want anything done, I have to get it done myself. And, and uh, you'll never amount to anything. Those that have been given the silent treatment and belittled and, and cast aside and made to feel like, that they're no account and they'll never matter to that parent. But may I say this to you? You matter to God. And let me tell you how much you matter to Him. He gave His life for you. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. But may I say to you as a father myself, I have six children and if they were standing in danger of death, without ever thinking twice, I would jump in the way of a, a speeding train or truck or car or bullet or whatever it was that threatened the life of one of my children. And I would gladly do so because I love them. I know you parents listening to me tonight feel the same way about your children that you would gladly lay down your life so that they might live. And it would please you to do so. And I tell you tonight that the adoption of children that we have because of the riches of God's grace, He was pleased to do. It wasn't forced on Him. He was delighted to save you. He was delighted to have you as a part of His family. Though it cost Him everything. It cost Him His life. He endured the cross for us and He despised the shame. But He endured it because He, he loves us. That's the kind of Father that you have. Tonight in prayer, you can run to Him. You can cry out to Him as the Bible tells us in two places, and call Him Abba, 
which is a transliteration when those who put the Word of God into our English language came to translate the word Abba from the Greek into the English. It was thought to be so personal, so tender, so intimate a word that there was no word that they could adequately find to express what was wrapped up in the term Abba. We might say, Daddy, Daddy. But it was thought to be too personal a term to assign to a thrice holy omnipotent God. And so they transliterated it and left it in its original rendering, Abba. It speaks of that personal intimacy. It speaks of that oneness that He longs to have with you. That's the kind of relationship that your Heavenly Father wants to call you to. He wants to hug your neck. He wants to hold you while you cry on His shoulder. He wants you to tell Him where it hurts and why it hurts. and He wants you to trust Him. That's the kind of Father that He is. That's the one that chose gladly with pleasure to adopt you. I want you to know that our adoption is personal. It's personal. You see, it was accomplished because He willed it so. The Bible says in verse 11, in whom we have obtained an inheritance being predestinated according to the purpose of Him who worketh all things after the counsel of His own will. You see, God personally willed this. It was His own will. The Bible says in the book of James, of His own will begat He us with the word of truth that we should be a kind of first fruits of His creatures. The Bible says in the book of John, chapter 1, which were born not of the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. You see, the Lord personally willed us to be His children. We were personally chosen and made through the finished work of Jesus to be acceptable to a holy God. One of the most wonderful things that we can know is that we are accepted by our Father. We are accepted by our Father. Now my friends, I would tell you that we are not accepted because of what we do or because of the sins that we choose not to do. But we are accepted because of what He has done for us. You see, we are accepted in the Beloved. And the Beloved is none other than Jesus Himself. And when we are saved, we are placed in Him. And we are as acceptable to God as His own Son, Jesus. Because we are accepted on the basis of the work of Jesus for us. I like what it says in verse 5 having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Christ Jesus, 
Look at the next two words. Highlight those in your Bible. To Himself. He adopted us to Himself. He didn't just, in a perfunctory manner, take some kids in to take care of. No. He said, I want these ones for me. They're for me. You know, I have two grandsons, Hunter and Cole, that um, they're just two bundles of energy. And they're always going 90 miles an hour. We sat down at lunchtime today, and I, I sat down to, to have lunch, and Cole came over and grabbed me by the, by the arm and said, Want to run? Want to run? And, and he kept pulling, he was pulling on my arm. You want to go run? Granddad, run with me. <laughs> I thought, you know, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak, son. You know, and, uh, but you know, sometimes I see him getting passed around, and I think, hey, come over here. I want some of that loving. I want you to come sit on my lap, too. I want you to come spend some time with me. And you know, that's how God, our Heavenly Father, feels. He adopted us to Himself. I love the light that is cast on this relationship in Romans chapter 8. For there we find in verse number 14, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs. Heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with Him, that we may be also glorified together. So, He has made us His own special treasure. He adopted us to Himself. And then, I want you to know that not only is our adoption plan, not only is our adoption to a position, and not only is it with promise and with pleasure, and not only is it personal, but it's praiseworthy. For the Bible tells us over and over again, the Bible says in verse 11, in whom also we have obtained an inheritance being predestinated according to the purpose of Him who worketh all things after the counsel of His own will, that we should be to the praise of His glory who first trusted in Christ, in whom ye also trusted after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that ye believed ye were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession under the praise of His glory. Our adoption, friends, is something for which to praise Him. And He's the only one that can be praised because, guess what? You didn't pick Him. He picked you. The Son of Man came to seek and to save that which was lost. He said, you have not chosen Me, but I have chosen you. 
Praise God that we who are unlovely, unworthy, and undeserving were gifted with the love of our Savior Jesus. And when we responded to His call, He adopted us into the family. The family of God. I'm so glad that He chose me before the foundation of the world. I'm so glad that I'm His child with promise. That once I'm saved, I'm eternally saved. He finished the work. And I'm made acceptable not because of what I do or what I choose not to do, but because of what Jesus, God the Son, has done for me. Do you know, years ago I spoke to a person that was raised by a, a mean man. And uh, on Father's Day, they didn't really feel like coming. They called me and said, uh, Pastor, Father's Day is such a bad day for me. It evokes so many negative and hurtful memories. I think I'm just going to stay home. And I said, you know, I certainly understand what you're going through on some level, but I just want to tell you, you have a Father that loves you more than anyone ever could. More than anyone ever would. And He will never let you down. And I said, why don't you right now determine that you're going to enter into a loving, intimate relationship with the Father that loves you like that. Tomorrow, come to church and rejoice that you have a Father like that that has chosen you to Himself. Did I tell you that I'm adopted? I wasn't rescued from the orphanage, but from the slave market of sin. And I have a Father who loves me more than you can ever imagine. How about you? Heavenly Father, we thank Thee that You love us. And thank You, Lord, for the joy that can be ours through the new birth and through the adoption of sons by Christ Jesus. Lord, may we rejoice in what we have with Thee. And Lord, may we not Keep it to ourselves. Help us, Lord, to, to share it with those whose hearts are hurting and need a special touch from Abba Father. Lord, please, minister to hearts. Lord, there are people rampaging in the streets who never had a dad. What they need is a Heavenly Father the adoption of sons. Lord, search them out. Touch their hearts. Draw them to Yourself. And Lord, use us to be Your hands extended, Your heart 
wide open. And we pray this in the wonderful name of Jesus. Tonight, perhaps you're watching this service and really in your heart of hearts, you're not even certain that you're a member of the family of God. You've always felt like maybe you were estranged from Him. If that's you tonight, I want to tell you that you have a Heavenly Father that loves you. And He wants to forgive your sin and to give you a home with Him in heaven forever. Tonight, if you're not certain of that home in heaven forever, if you're not certain of the forgiveness of sins, I want you to listen very carefully. There's something we all have to understand, and that is that we are sinners. The Bible says, as it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. It says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We're sinners not just because we have done wrong things, but because we have been born into the family of Adam's race, and we are sinners by birth. We were born into the Adamic family, and so we cannot change who we are. We are sinners. And there's a consequence for sin, for the Bible says the wages of sin is death. That death is a separation. When a person dies, their spirit and their soul are separated from their body. The Bible says the body without the spirit is dead. And may I say this to you, that the consequence for sin is also separation, but separation from God in heaven, being cast into an eternal lake of fire that burneth with fire and brimstone, to suffer the penalty of sin forever. But the good news is that God loved you so much that He didn't want you to suffer that end. And so He sent His only Son, Jesus, to this earth to die in your place and mine, to take the punishment for your sin and mine on the cross of Calvary and with His shed blood cleanse and forgive you of all sin and open wide the gates of heaven as a gift to all who will receive it. Tonight, if you know that you're a sinner, you can't save yourself, you realize that your sin has separated you from God and is sending you to hell, but that Jesus loved you so much that He died in your place and He offers you forgiveness through His shed blood and a home forever in heaven with Him as a free gift. If that's what you understand and now desire to have, I want to invite you to to pray together with me. The Bible says, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Calling is just praying to the Lord and asking Him in prayer. He's promised if you would ask Him for that gift of salvation and forgiveness, He would give it to you. Now my prayer will never save you. But if the words of this prayer reflect what is in your heart and you desire to be saved tonight, then I invite you to pray this prayer together with me right now. Dear Heavenly Father, I admit that I am a sinner and I know that I cannot save myself. I now invite Jesus into my heart and into my life to forgive me of all of my sin so that I may be forgiven and spend forever in heaven with Him. I'm now trusting in Jesus and Jesus only to save me and take me to heaven when I die. 
Thank You, Lord, for dying on the cross for me. Enable me to live for Thee. For this I pray in the wonderful name of Jesus. Amen. My friend, if you prayed that prayer together with me and you meant it with all of your heart, on the authority of God's Word, your sins are forgiven and heaven is your home. You're saved now. And when God saves you, He gives you everlasting life. It will never end. He said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. He's not going to cast you out. He's that Father that we talked about tonight in our message. Send us a note by email through Sermon Audio or our website at freewaybaptist.org. We want to send you a free Bible and some information to tell you about this new life that is yours as a part of the family of God so that we may rejoice with you and be a help to you in this new life in Jesus Christ.